What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back on the video. Week 13, a very, very important week for many of you since there's only two more weeks until the fantasy playoffs, putting a lot of teams in win now mode. Unfortunately, this is also tied for the largest bye week of the season. We've got the Bills, Ravens, Vikings, Bears, Raiders, and Giants all on bye. So let's break down the 13 games this week. See if we can't get some of you into the fantasy playoffs. First up, Thursday night game, Seahawks at Cowboys, 47-point total, Cowboys, 9-point home favorites. For the Seahawks, Dallas is a negative matchup all around. It is slightly positive for tight end efficiency when they do catch the ball, but that's really it. And we should expect Seattle to struggle more than normal in this spot. Um, especially being on the road. I mean, Dallas always plays a lot better at home. Uh, Ken Walker was DMP on Monday and Tuesday. Haven't seen yet for Wednesday, but it's seeming like he's not going to play this week. Um, obviously confirmed that before the game. Um, doesn't really stand out as a matchup where we want to attack it, but if he's also kind of banged up going into the game, they're going to kind of split between him and Charbonnet. You know, maybe a spot you want to avoid unless we know that he's good to go. Um, no one also stands out as a must play, uh, but if Kem Walker is out of Charbonnet, Metcalf, and Lockett can definitely be used. Charbonnet is grayed out as a top 20 running back play, somewhere not like running back like 18 to 20 range. Uh, wide receivers will be more in flex consideration. Um, you wouldn't want to start them in the flex, obviously. Anyone in the Thursday game. Even if you plan on technically playing them in the flex, put them at the position they actually play. So for wide receivers, if you're playing to start Metcalf in the flex, still start him at wide receiver two or three, whichever spot you have. Uh, but overall, all three, again, Charbonnet, uh, Metcalf, and Lockett, they're all fine to use. Uh, none of them stand out as amazing plays. All probably need a touchdown to a good score. Uh, and then I would not stream Geno Smith this week. Then for the Cowboys, uh, Seattle is a mostly positive matchup. Uh, the best two matchups are for running back receptions and then tight end catch rate. But again, no one's in a bad spot. Dak, Lamb, Pollard, Ferguson, all must plays. And while Cooks isn't nearly as good of a play as he was last week, he does have a touchdown in four of the last six games. And he was up to an 80% snap share last week, even in a blowout. Also, he's a player we know plays really well in domes. His three best games have come in the four games he's played at home this season. And so if you want to stick him in the flex, you had him there last week, you were pleased with the results, you want to try it again, I don't really think it's a bad idea to do that. I think you could have a good game this week. Sunday games kick off. 1 p.m. Eastern, so no 9 o'clock game. Uh, we've got Dolphins at Commanders. Extremely rare for this season. 50 point total we do not see fives very much 50 point total dolphins nine and a half point road favorites for the dolphins uh it's an explosion spot for especially the passing attack i mean really overall like this is a spot where they could score 40 points but specifically running backs and wide receivers through the air um basically makes it the perfect matchup for miami um that's why the team total is so high it's why we finally see a 50 point total game Tua, waddle hill all slam dunk must plays this week. And I would start Mostert and A-Chain if A-Chain is active. Definitely Mostert. Uh, honestly, in both scenarios, but especially if A-Chain is not playing. Um, I know A-Chain, you know, will be tough to trust 
after his what like one or two yard game in his return last time. But the way they've talked about it, they're not going to activate him unless he's good to go. So they're not going to activate him and be like, well, you know, he's still a little bit injured. We'll give him like three touches, right? When they activate him, he'll be fine. I would trust him. Um, but, you know, if you have, let's say you had drafted a chain late, you picked him up for, for agency and you're like, Nick, I've got three other running back ones that really need to play him. No, you don't need to play him, but we're projecting this offense for 3.9 offensive touchdowns, which means it's well within, within the range of outcomes to score five. And if memory scores five touchdowns, it's relatively likely that he's going to have a good game, relatively likely he's going to score. So I would play him if you had him and he's active, but I get it if you don't want to. Um, again, it's a spot where it's like not everyone can go off. You can't have like five players all hit their ceiling, but everyone's really likely to hit their ceiling. And so you just want to be starting those players. On the commander side, uh, matchup is really bad for the running backs. It's positive for the wide receivers, pretty neutral for quarterbacks and tight ends. Maybe this is finally the spot where both McLaurin and Dotson can be featured. We've been waiting for it to happen all season. I'm not willing to make a stand that this is the week that it happens, though. So McLaurin, my wide receiver, 27. Dotson Samuel, wide receivers, 39 and 40. So not bad plays, but certainly not must starts. Definitely comes down to what you have. Brian Robinson is a tough call because the volume is there most weeks. It's just, you know, we know he's a highly inefficient player. Um, I would probably bench him, though. The game script is very likely to lean even more pass-heavy than the commander's already do, which is they're already past heavy, but they're probably gonna throw the ball a ton this week. And it's just Miami is such a bad matchup for running backs, both on the ground and through the air that I don't think I would want to play Brian Robinson this week. Only other two considering are Howell and Logan Thomas. Both are fine to stream. Neither one stands out as a great play. Um, I would expect fine production from both, uh, but I wouldn't be very excited, but either one of my starting lineup. Next up, we've got Colts at Titans, 42.5 point total, Colts one point road favorites. For the Colts, uh, JT is going to miss a few weeks, and so we should get Zach Moss featured once again. It is a dreadful spot for tight ends, um, a slightly negative one for running backs, and a great one for wide receivers. And so my guess would be that Indy would lean slightly more pass-heavy, feature their wide receivers while still featuring Moss on the ground, but maybe not giving him 30 touches, which we have seen in the past. Um, Moss is still a must start. If you have Zach Moss, I literally don't care what other running backs you have. You need to be starting Zach Moss this week. And I would say Pittman as well. It's such a good spot for him. He has such a good opportunity to share. Like I would play Moss and Pittman for sure. Minshew, fine streaming option. If you need to stream, if you've got a quarterback on by, Minshew's a top option. Certainly fine doing that. And then Josh Downs, honestly, a better play than expected. He's a solid low end wide receiver too. Um, Great matchup again for the wide receivers. 13 targets last week. Didn't translate into a great box score, but he's a good player with a very strong role in a great matchup. Like you probably want to be playing him this week. Uh, I'm very curious what running backs the Colts are going to activate, how many they're going to activate. But again, no matter even if there's a surprise activation, like you're playing Zach Moss and you're not playing those other running backs. Then for the Titans, uh, Colts are a great matchup for everyone. Unfortunately, you know, there's some teams that just will not take advantage of that. And the Titans are probably one of those teams. Um, tough to say if we'll see secondary players really have a good game here. So we're really just looking at their big two. 
Derrick Henry, must start again this week. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 17, so I don't know if I'd call that a must start, but he's a really good play. If he's on the fringes for you, I would play him. And if you're super desperate, Chica Conquo, tight end 15 right now, that could drop a little bit, and he's in the same range as a lot of players in that like tight end, you know, 12 through 25 range. But um, third best spot for tight end targets, if you're desperate, Chig is not a terrible option after having a pretty good game last week. I uh, just know that he has no ceiling. Uh, he's having a much worse year than expected this season. So in all likelihood, start Hopkins, start Derrick Henry, bench everyone else. Um, and again, I would start Hopkins if you can. Colts are a top 11 matchup for both catch rate and yards perception for wide receivers. We always talk about how usually teams limit one of those two. So when teams allow extra production to both, it's a great combination. Next up, we've got Falcons at the Jets. This game has a very low 34-point total. Falcons, three-point road favorites. For the Falcons, uh, the Jets are just an awful matchup for wide receivers and a really tough one for tight end catch rate as well. They're actually a plus matchup for running backs just because um, even though they can slightly limit yards per carry and are actually pretty good at defending running backs on the ground, teams are you know stomping the Jets most weeks. And so they're able to get up, go more run heavy. So even if they're like relatively inefficient overall, you know, extra volume will make up for that. So um, I would call B. John Robinson a must start. I'd probably say he's the only must start on this field, on this team, and, and really the only one I'd feel like that good about. Um, London's coming off a really strong game. He's looked good all year. It's just they don't use him a ton, and it's the worst possible matchup for wide receiver targets. And it's a game to 34 point total, so not a ton of touchdown upside. He's my wide receiver, 36 right now. Again, wouldn't feel great about using him, but I understand if you have to. Uh, then Pitts grades out as my tight end, 16. Janu, 17th. Again, two players I would prefer not to go to. The target ceiling is so capped, and so against a good defense, I just don't see a real need. If you weren't going to them before, why are you going there now against the Jets? Then on the Jets side, um, pretty much the same as always. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. The only two that I would use, it is a bad matchup for both of them since the Falcons are good at defending running backs and wide receivers. And again, the 34-point total, so touchdowns not going to be abundant here. Um, but both are talented enough and have a strong enough role on this offense that I just think talent-based, opportunity-based, play them as running backs and wide receivers too. Cardinals at Steelers is up next. 41-point total, Steelers 5.5-point home favorites. For the Cardinals, uh, Pittsburgh is a great matchup for wide receiver volume and big plays, but are mostly neutral to everything else. Um, you would think that that would make it a smash spot for Marquise Brown, and maybe it is, but you know he's yet to have 100 yards in a game this season, hasn't scored in over a month. He is coming off a 12-target game, though, uh, so... If he can get to double-digit targets and he can connect downfield, which again is more likely in this spot, then he does have a ceiling this week. Um, I would just say he's not a wide receiver two for me. He's only a flex play. He's someone you got to know could literally see 10 or 12 targets and only turn that into 50 total yards. And you're sitting there like, how did that even happen? That's kind of just the player that he is. He has not been hitting yet this season. Uh, so the only must play on this side is Trey McBride. He's been awesome since Zach Ertz went down. I'd find a way to play him every week. Beyond that, uh, Kyler is my quarterback. 10, Connor running back 17. So depends on what else you have with those two. I would play Kyler instead of streaming. So if you were like, oh, maybe you don't like the matchup. Should I stream? Not this week. I would just play Kyler. Uh, and then James Connor. 
he's okay if you need him. They used a three running back committee last week, though I want to note with that, it was kind of blowout based. Like Michael Carter got a lot of work in, you know, when the game was just completely out of hand. I would say if it's relatively close, which it should be this week, I don't see the Steelers blowing anyone out. Um, it should mostly be a two running back committee. Um, still not great. You still want Connor being featured because he's so inefficient. Uh, but low end running back two, if you had to play him, it's fine. Next up, we've got the Lions at the Saints. This game has a 46 point total, Lions four point road favorites. For the Lions, uh, the Saints are a negative matchup all around, um, though it's more that they're like above average at defending everything and not that they're like amazing at defending everything or like amazing at defending this and bad against this. It's just like they're really just strong all around defense. Um, The Lions are one of those offenses, though, that like we look at a defense like that and we're like, okay, like maybe we temper expectations a little bit. Maybe we assume they're not going to score 30, but most weeks we can expect the Lions to produce in any matchup. And so I'm not running away from this one. Um, I would start both running backs um, under St. Brown. I would start Sam Laporta. Goff is my quarterback 11 right now, um, which is a similar range as most weeks. Sometimes you get smash spots, but he's going to typically be a low end quarterback one. And it's basically just the touchdowns. Do they come on the ground or through the air, right? Um, If because they're probably going to score a few touchdowns. If they all come through the air, that's going to be great for Goff. But we have to know that this team is fully capable of scoring four touchdowns all on the ground because the running backs are so good. So a lot of variance to Goff's production, especially because he doesn't run the ball, but um, a fine one. Like if if you had to go to Goff, you know, I'd rather do that than streaming like the quarterbacks, you know, like 14 on. Because remember, there's a top 13 quarterbacks this week and then 14 off is kind of like a wasteland. Um, I would just play Goff instead of streaming those options. Then for the Saints, um, they've been hit hard by injuries. I don't know yet who's going to play, but they might be without all of their top three wide receivers. We know Michael Thomas won't play. I would imagine Olave doesn't play after getting a concussion in the game last week. It doesn't seem like Shahid's going to play, but again, watch injury reports with those. Uh, we will see later in the week who can play, but you know, in all likelihood, even if all three are out, you're not going to these secondary wide receivers. A.T. Perry would get more run. Uh, was it like Lynn Bowden last week? Like, no, we're not playing any of them. Um, honestly, it's a horrific, it's like terrible, terrible, terrible spot for running back receptions. But the odds are Kamara would just have a million targets this week that they would filter some to Taysom Hill, some more work to Juwan Johnson. Uh, so if you're streaming tight end, you know, and you want to play those two, that's fine. Um, otherwise, I would just say you play Kamara, you don't play Carr, you don't play the wide receivers. And if you got to stream Hill or Johnson, fine. Uh, but we're not looking to attack this team with all their best players injured. Uh, next up, we've got Chargers at Patriots. Uh, just a disgusting game overall. Uh, 40 point total, Chargers, six point road favorites. For the Chargers, New England is a strong team at defending the run. Uh, they also limit yards per reception to tight ends. But that's really it. And even though um, they are strong defending the run, they're kind of like the Jets in that sense. Not as good of a defense as the Jets. But um, in the sense of like the Jets give up extra production to running backs because they lose so many games and teams just run the ball a ton that even though they're slightly inefficient doing so, volume makes up for it. Same thing against the Patriots, right? Like on a per-play basis, you're not going to be efficient running the ball against New England, but the Chargers are probably going to win. When teams are winning, they run it more. And so when you run it more, even if you're slightly less efficient on a per-play basis, you just have more opportunity to score points. So um, definitely, obviously, just starting Austin Eckler. You're starting Keenan Allen. Wouldn't shy away from either of them. Um, I would go back to Herbert this week. We benched him last week against the Ravens. But, um, you know, you'd prefer the game wasn't in New England. 
I, I think, I, again, I'd play him instead of streaming other options. He's my quarterback six right now. Um, but I don't think I would go to any secondary players. I would imagine it's an Eckler and Keenan Allen game and that they kind of run the ball a lot in the second half. Then for the Patriots, uh, Chargers are actually a positive matchup for everyone, but the Patriots are trash. Um, doesn't seem like Mac Jones is going to play this week, at least like kind of looking early in the week. So we're going to get Zappy and like Cunningham. Like it's it's bad. The situation's bad there. So um, Stevenson, low end running back two. Zeke, like a low end running back three. Douglas, if he plays, I don't know if he can play this week. He took a really big hit last week on a play that should have been penalized but wasn't. Um, we'll see if he can play. Doesn't have a concussion, but we'll see about neck injury. Um, running back or wide receiver 32 for him. So on the fringes, but if Zappy's the quarterback, probably don't want to play him. So it is probably just Stevenson uh, this week for the Patriots. You you just want to be avoiding this team. Final one o'clock game is going to be Broncos at Texans. Should be a pretty fun game to watch. 47 and a half point total. Texans three and a half point home favorites. For the Broncos, uh, the Texans have a very strong run defense, but they are a plus matchup for running back receptions, for running back rushing touchdowns, and then for wide receiver efficiency, for tight end targets and tight end catch rate. So there are a lot of spots, even them with them being, I think, still a pretty good defense. There are a lot of different spots that Denver could attack here. Uh, so overall, I would still grade it out as a pretty decent spot overall. Um, Javonta Williams seeded a little bit more work to P. Ryan last week than we would like, though that came more at the expense of Jaleel McLaughlin, less so for Javonta Williams. Williams actually played a season high 70% of snaps. He had 24 opportunities. So he still has a lot of upside in the spot. He probably has the worst spot of anyone because most of his production does come on the ground. That is the worst spot against the Texans, just not for rushing touchdowns. And you're like, okay, maybe you can score rushing touchdowns, but does Denver ever score rushing touchdowns? No. So it's kind of a, a mix for Javonta Williams. I think you are playing him as a kind of a low end running back too. And you are hoping that in such a good rushing touchdown spot, he does finally score, but Denver's just throwing for all their touchdowns. And if that happens this week, he's not going to have a good game. Behind Javonta Williams, um, you can stream Russ. He's my quarterback eight right now. Sutton is a good play at wide receiver two. He scored a touchdown in eight of 11 games so far this season. He remains their top option in the passing game. Uh, the Broncos are also underdogs here. Um, the game is played in a dome. And so both positive factors for Cortland Sutton's ceiling this week. Um, only other play is Jerry Judy, but I mean, Judy has one touchdown this season. He's two games worth 58 yards. So I would probably just bench Judy. Then for the Texans, uh, they're on fire and the Broncos are an amazing matchup for everything except for wide receiver targets. Uh, wide receivers are targeted at a lower rate against them than average. But other than that, it's just green across the board, right? So um, not amazing news when you're facing a Texans offense that has been super, super good four straight games over 300 passing yards. Like they just look awesome on offense. He Strout looks fantastic. Strout, Dell, Nico, all must starts in my eyes, even with Dell and Nico having the worst matchups on the team. Uh, Singletary, low end running back two. Pierce, running back three. Great matchup for the running backs. Unfortunate that they're now kind of easing back in potentially to a split, but like both are going to be highly efficient. You could again play Singletary at two and then Pierce, running back three. Schultz is the biggest question mark in my opinion. It's a great matchup for him, but Brevin Jordan returned last week uh, from the IR and even with Schultz healthy, 
the snap share went way down for Schultz. The target share dropped as well because when snap share drops, target share is going to drop as well. So again, good matchup. Maybe it was more of a fluke. Maybe it was matchup based. Um, maybe it'll kind of flip back this week. He'll see eight, nine targets and we're like, oh yeah, okay. It was a one week thing, but the floor is definitely lower now for Dalton Schultz now that Jordan is active. So instead of being what would have been a high end tight end one in this matchup with no Jordan, probably more of a mid to low end tight end one this week. Uh, not a must start, but you're probably still playing him unless you have another really good option. Four o'clock games kick off with Panthers at Bucks, low 37 point total, Bucks five and a half point home favorites. For the Panthers, uh, they're a mess right now. Only player you're considering here is Adam Thielen, and he's fresh off a three target game, so that doesn't give you a lot of confidence. Um, he does have six games of the season with double digit targets. Uh, he's got a strong 24.5% target share. This is the third best matchup for wide receiver targets. And so he does still have a ceiling in this spot. He could go out there, have a 30% target share and be a top five wide receiver this week. Um, I'm a little bit more hesitant than I was before last week's dud, especially with, you know, them probably trending towards youth as the season goes on because they know they're like the worst team in the NFL. Uh, but I would still play Adam Thielen as wide receiver too. If he duds again, then we're going to have a lot more hesitations in playing him in the fantasy playoffs. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, and then I, I wouldn't go to the running backs with Chuba and Sanders splitting. Then for the Bucs, uh, Mike Evans is on fire right now. Nine touchdowns on the year now, 150 yards away from his 10th straight 1,000-yard season. He's also averaging his most receiving yards per game since 2019. He could definitely break his touchdown record as well. Uh, the matchup sets up best as a Rashad White game. But I still just don't see how you bench Mike Evans right now, even in a tough spot. Uh, so I would play Evans. I would play Rashad White. I might bench everyone else. Again, such a good spot for the running backs that teams know we're going to win. We're going to find success on the ground. So why would we not get up, keep running the ball? Because when we do throw it, we're actually in a tough matchup and we're going to be pretty efficient, inefficient through the air. And so we should expect lower volume and efficiency to all pass catchers, but high efficiency to running backs, and why would the Bucs go and throw the ball a ton? Because, again, they're probably going to win this game, probably going to be up a decent amount in the second half. So play Godwin if you have to, play Auden if you have to, uh, but I think the only starts here are White and Evans, bench everyone else. Next up, we've got Browns at Rams, low 39.5 point total, Rams 3.5 point home favorites. For the Browns, uh, fairly neutral matchup overall, wide receivers and tight ends, should see increased yards per reception, but both are set up for below average catch rates. Uh, the matchup is only like neutral from a fantasy perspective for wide receivers, slightly positive for tight ends. And then overall, it's a slightly negative matchup for running back. So knowing that, and knowing that, you know, we're going to get some combination of Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker at quarterback. I would say David Njoku's the best play. He's the tight end eight, and he's only the best play because tight end is so thin, but he should have a good target share. Has a good chance of scoring. It just never seems to really happen for him, but good chance of scoring. Um, but then Jerome Ford, running back 24, Marty Cooper, wide receiver 25. It's not like this spot just stands out as must play people against. It's not like either of these quarterbacks are good. And let's be honest, is Jerome Ford some player that's going to naturally just win on his own? Probably not. So 
If it's close between someone on this team and someone on another team, I'd probably just lean away from Browns players this week. Uh, but Ford, Cooper, they're not the worst of plays. And I think you could definitely go to David Njoku. Then for the Rams, um, Browns are a matchup we are looking to avoid. Um, just not a defense you want to be attacking as far as fantasy is related. Um, the Broncos did score 29 against them last week. So you can look at that and be like, oh, are they falling apart? There was still no one on the Broncos who was really worth starting in fantasy. Russ threw for less than 100. I think it was less than 140 yards. It was in the 130s. Sutton was the leading receiver at 61. No other pass catcher was over 25. Williams had 65 scoreless yards on the ground. Like, it's it's not a good spot. I promise you it is not a good spot for the Rams this week. Um, I have to make the call with Cup in a must-win game in my hometown league. Uh, it's between him, Sutton, and Downs. I genuinely don't think I could stomach benching cup like i think you know i understand if you are just fed up with it you want to go elsewhere and you have good options i feel like i would rather just go down with the ship you know if your other options are still just wide receiver twos like if you have three wide receiver ones well bench cup player ones and it's fine right but most of you don't have three wide receiver ones like you're still going to be replacing him with another wide receiver two who could easily have a down game and who obviously does not have the same ceiling that Cooper Cup does. And so I would probably play him, but I do understand if you're done with it. Again, I'm probably going to play him this week. Um, so I'll probably play him. I'd probably play Puka as well. And then obviously play Kyron every week uh, this season. Um, and then I would say like, you know, some of you might want to stream Tyler Higby because he scored twice last week. But that's more of a fluke plus the Browns. You know, they limit tight end targets more than any team in the league. They're a naturally good defense overall, but they're like the best team in the league defending tight ends. You just got to pray for another, what, two touchdown game from Higby. That's pretty unlikely. Uh, I would not play him and I would not play Stafford either. Final four o'clock game is going to be the best game of the week. Uh, and I've worked with our friends over at Underdog to give you guys a free special this week. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey higher than 0.5 total yards. So if you think Christian McCaffrey in this game, again, best game of the week, will have at least one total yard Head on over to Underdog, sign up for your first account today using promo code FFA, make a minimum $10 deposit. That's it. The special is going to show up in your account. You can use that as a free square in any pick entry this week. I'm going to go over my favorite pieces to add to that entry in the Saturday video, but make sure you sign up because I'm pretty sure Christian McCaffrey is going to have at least one yard this week. So let's break down this game. Uh, the total has risen up a point from 45 and a half to 46 and a half. 49ers are three-point road favorites. For 49ers, um, it is a bad spot for the running backs, but is the number one spot for wide receiver target volume. Debo, Ayuk should be busy this week, and I would definitely be starting both of them in a game that's really important for both sides. Kittle is also in a strong spot in terms of tight end catch rate, um, not necessarily in terms of yards perception, but it's Kittle, right? If you're going to give him the ball at an increased rate, even if you think you're going to limit tight end yards reception, it's George Kittle. Anything can happen when he has the ball in his hands. I would definitely be playing him. Uh, and then Purdy, my quarterback nine right now. He's on the fringes, but again, this week with a pretty clear top 13, I, I do think I'd play him over other streaming options. Uh, and then, you know, when we're basically deciding between this game and another game, you know, I talked about like the Browns game, right? There are just game environments where if you've got a decision to make between two players, you want to be leaning towards game environments. This is a game environment I'd lean towards. So if you're going to start a player in this game, 
And your other option, someone in most other games this week, I would just lean towards whoever's playing this one. It doesn't mean they're going to score more points, but this game has ceiling potential, which means the upside for yards and touchdowns in this spot is greater than a lot of other spots this week. On the Eagles side, uh, San Fran is a really bad matchup for rushing volume since teams typically you know, fall behind against them, can't really run the ball. Um, it's not that bad in terms of running back efficiency, though, and it's actually a plus matchup for running back receptions. Given his role, I would start DeAndre Swift this week, even in what's going to look like on the outside is a really difficult spot for him. Um, then I would also start Hertz, also start Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, San Fran is actually a plus matchup for wide receivers and a really bad one for tight end efficiency. Um, I just really like this game overall because both teams are set up to do really, really well in wide receiver volume. And whenever that's the case, if one side starts doing well and especially hits in a big play, we're going to see the other side get right back on the field. We're going to see play volume elevated. We're going to see aggressiveness elevated. And if both sides are in good spots for the wide receivers, it's a spot where we could see a lot of fantasy relevant players post big games. So again, it's one I'm going to be featuring in the Saturday video and one you're going to want to be taking advantage of with that free square on underdog. Sunday night game is going to be Chiefs at Packers, 42 point total, Chiefs six and a half point road favorites. For the Chiefs, uh, this is a good spot uh, for running back success on the ground. It's a good spot for tight ends getting open deep downfield. Not amazing news when you're facing off against the Chiefs because, you know, if you're strongest at defending wide receivers but weaker against running backs and tight ends, well, that's how they want to attack you anyways, and so not very good for you. Um, Rasheed Rice, you know, he had a really good game last week. Hopefully he can make it two in a row. Um, I would say I probably want to see it happen one more time before trusting him. He started to break out early in the year, and then that volume kind of went away. So it would be nice to see two in a row. Um, but I do have him graded out as a wide receiver three this week. If you had to play him, I do think he's worth taking a shot on. He's not a bad play by any means. Um, but aside from Rice, I would say Mahomes, Pacheco, Kelsey, get him into your starting lineup. Definitely play them. I don't think anyone else is in consideration. Then to the Packers side, uh, the KC defense has been elite this season. Their negative matchup for everything except for yards per carry allowed that doesn't really hurt them though because most teams when they play kc doesn't get up you know easily run the ball a ton and they're like oh we can just run it the whole second half they're never going to come back against us right teams can't do that uh, and so it doesn't really again it doesn't hurt them that they're not great at defending running back yards per carry because they can just outscore teams most of the time it hasn't happened as much this season but in general you just know when you're playing kansas city you can't just like get up by two scores and run the ball a ton. You have to remain aggressive. Um, so it's not a good spot, definitely, for Packers players. Um, all their players are still viable because they are talented. Like the Packers have a lot of talented players. The problem is they're not a prolific offense and they're in a bad spot this week. So even if you've got a bunch of individually good players, all of them have bad matchups. And the offense overall isn't going to see significant volume. And so everyone's going to be like fine. And they all just really hurt each other. So probably benching all Packers players. Um, check out the running back situation. I don't think either one of them practiced today. But again, I don't think it matters all that much. I probably wouldn't play any Packers players this week. Then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Bengals at Jaguars. Very low. 38 point total. Jaguars 8.5 point home favorites. For the Bengals. Everyone has capped upside with Jake Browning at quarterback and as massive underdogs in a low total game. 
I only have them projected for 1.63 total offensive touchdowns. The Jaguars are also one of the worst possible matchups for rushing volume, like running back success on the ground. So even though Mixon has been like by far the most featured running back in the NFL over the last month, like he is getting all of the volume for the Bengals. It's a really bad spot for him on the ground, only a low-end running back too. The one thing that does save him, though, is that the Jaguars are the best possible matchup for running back receptions. And so if they figure that out and they target Mixon out of the backfield, he's going to have a really good game in the receiving game. And since receptions are worth more than carries anyways, maybe that'll kind of help make up for it. Again, when you have the most featured running back in the NFL, you play them in any matchup. Um Besides that, though, you know, you're playing Chase. I mean, Chase is an amazing player. I don't care who they're playing or who the quarterback is. You have to play him. You just have to understand the ceiling and the floor are both much lower. Then for the Jaguars, um, the Bengals are a really good matchup for wide receivers and tight ends through the air. They give up very high efficiency to running backs on the ground. So a great spot for the Jaguars. I would just play all their star- starters. You know, Lawrence, Etienne, Ridley, Kirk, Ingram, Shaw being starting lineups. Same thing I talk about all the time. Not all of them are going to have great games. It's pretty much impossible for all five to have great games. All have really good ceilings here, though. All are set up really well. I would want to be starting all of them. So that's a breakdown of every single game in week 13. Remember that we have the one week special going on with Underdog right now. Please take advantage of that. Christian McCaffrey, free square. He's very likely going to have higher than 0.5 total yards. Sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA. Make a minimum $10 deposit. That's going to get sent to your account. And again, in the Saturday video, we're going to talk about all the picks I would like to add to that one. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.